Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdick, CEO and founder of The Deerdick Machine, a one-of-a-kind venture creation studio. We are a company that creates companies by systematically fusing art, science, and magic through a process we call the machine method. The art is the creative vision and the constant shaping and refinement of an idea. The science is the proven methods and time-tested fundamentals of business. The magic is the intangible, universal luck that provides an unexplainable push towards success. Each guest on this show is one of my do-or-dire partners and co-founders. This show is an inside look at all the companies that we've created and the lessons we have learned along the journey. Today, we've got Matt Wan, the CEO and founder of Momentus. Momentus makes the cleanest, purest, high-end supplements on the market from protein powders to elite sleep aids and recently closed a $5 million growth round of financing. They have an amazing group of investors from pro athletes to elite trainers to even Oscar award winners. Matt is the youngest person I have ever created a company with. In fact, he is the only first-time founder that I've ever partnered with here at the Deer Dick Machine. Uh, he is a brilliant young man and a natural-born entrepreneur. Uh, you know, building a business is deeply complex, and most entrepreneurs come with a little bit of experience. But Matt, he had to learn everything for the first time as it happened. But the biggest decision he faced was whether or not he should go to college or stay and run his company. I felt guilty for years about being a bad influence. So let's just see if I can clear my conscience today. Matt Wan, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm I'm happy to see you. It's been a while. No, I know. I, I was thinking about it in the drive-in for how much, you know, we used to talk like, all week, every week. Then it kind of slowly went to bi-weeklies. Then we went to monthlies. Then we went to board meetings. And then in that A round, <laughs> I'm off the board and I'm gone. And now, and then, then we're texting, we're talking, and then we just slowly, it's just less and less. Now that's the nature of the process of, you know, how the machine ultimately works. You know what I mean? At some sure. point, you know, I got to get off that board. But before we jump into that, you are the founder and CEO of Momentus. And as the founder and CEO of Momentus, can you just describe what the company is to those that may not be familiar? Uh, sure. So in a, a very short sentence, the vision for the company is to build the next generation of premium performance nutrition. So it, it, as short as I can, I suppose, the observation was that the supplement market at a very high level was very much out of date. So basically, people are looking for premium products, better for you products in absolutely every category of health and fitness and particularly things that you're putting inside your body. But when it came to things like protein powder, multivitamin, fish oils and things like that, they were oftentimes just sort of treated like commodities. And the observation that really got the business kicked off was when uh, we were fortunate enough to see some of the supplements that they were using inside of pro sports locker rooms. And they were basically just completely different products than you would see on any sort of retail shelf or, or on Amazon, for that matter, where a lot of these things are bought now. And the result of that was that we basically ended up believing that products were in one of two camps for the most part. Either they were in this big group of products that were sort of the old guard, if you will, of sports nutrition, of very well-branded products, easy for the consumer to understand, well-distributed, but not great marks on quality, very old-school approach in general to sports nutrition as well, super focused on you know pre, during, and post rather than sort of the full life cycle um, or 24-7 perspective on it. Then on the other side of the market, and, and this is sort of what the pro sports teams were, were using at the time and are, are still using for the most part, were a very small number of mostly niche sort of pharmaceutical looking brands that had really, really excellent product lines, awesome manufacturing standards, really all around great, great products, but 15 different types of vitamin D, 
and 12 different types of omega-3. And so as a consumer, even one that felt relatively educated, it was like, okay, of, of course this doesn't work for the average consumer. Of course, this isn't something that people like myself and my friends can connect with easily because we don't all have some sort of team dietitian to walk us through each of those product lines and, you know, build us exactly what we need on a day-to-day -day basis. So the vision became that we could make the product that the pros would want to buy and, and would genuinely use that folks like myself would also be able to buy and, and be able to connect with as well. So that's where we started was with a product actually for the pros that we had to figure out how to sell to people like me. Well, look, I just let that, I let you breathe there. I just wanted to, I wanted to soak it all in because I was listening to a very mature, real deal CEO. Okay. And most people, when they hear you speak, will probably think you're like 40 years old, 42 years old. How old are you? I do better on the phone for that reason. <laughs> rather How old than, are you? Well, I'm I'm 22 currently. You are currently 22 years old, and let me let me tell you something. I, I describe you as a natural born doer dyer who's wise beyond his years, right? And the thing that's so incredibly fascinating that this version of you that are, feels you know 38 or 40 to me. <laughs> is still so many more years older. I'm not, than, I'm not sure that's entirely a good thing. No, it is. It is. And I, and I think well, it's a testament you. to even, you know, the process of, you know, being in business together and building a business together, right? I think one of the most, you know, because for me, like I met you at 18 years old, right? And that even talking to you back then was like, you know, this guy understands this stuff completely, right? And you are absolutely the youngest person that I, I have ever built a company with, right? Or been involved or seen the process. And to me- That's probably a good thing. Yeah. And look, <laughs> and, and, you know, I think the funny thing is, you you know, and, and kind of some of the stuff I want to want to touch on today is, is, you know, a lot of the lessons that you learned from being a first-time entrepreneur and and not having a lot of experience. But boy, mm -hmm. I mean, you're straight from high school to the pros. You have about as, as least of experience as you could probably have to navigate what you actually created, which is, which is pretty remarkable, right? And, you know, one thing that I'm always curious, you know, even though it's been years, but in the early on, you know, because really you went and developed, saw this problem, developed the product, and then ultimately created a brand. And that's when we, we connected. Yeah. But, you know, did you, you know, for like, it's a true young entrepreneur in high school now that must've been thinking about what this, this problem was and this product was like, when did you first discover that like, Hey, these supplements aren't clean and it's crazy. How can I begin to build this company or this concept? Was um, that in high school? Yeah. 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 No, it very much was in high school. And it was actually, uh, I guess the observation really was made like a lot before quite a bit of time before it actually developed into a business concept, which I'm sure is the case for a lot of businesses. Yeah. But I guess it was actually earlier on in high school, probably like my freshman or sophomore year. And I was getting really serious about training for running specifically. Yeah, because at that point you were, what were you doing in high school at that point? Like, like distance running? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So cross country and track and field. And, um, like, like I am in many things was just a total nerd about it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> nutrition was just like one of the things, right? Like I was learning all sorts of things about you know, interval training and weightlifting and cross training and nutrition recovery and all this sorts of things. And as a result of that, I just started trying a whole bunch of these products, right? So like I literally like from my computer, like in between classes, I remember like ordering this stuff and like reading about these products and trying to, you know, figure out which, which ones I should be using and, you know, found, found products I liked honestly, for the most part, but the observation came again when I was fortunate enough to go through uh, the 49ers locker room. And I didn't, uh, first of all, all these guys had supplements, right? Like every single one of them had their locker full of shoes, jewelry, and supplements, basically, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> that, that's basically what was in each of their lockers. And then and again, your, your father is a partner in the 49ers, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, his father, the great Mark Wan, 
a great mentor of mine, investor in street league, investor in basically anything the machine does. Mark's almost the first check. Okay. <laughs> He's the most, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, I put your father on a pedestal and I don't know he's your father. So I don't know uh, how, how you look at him. Probably not the same way, but he's an extraordinary uh, mentor and amazing supporter of everything that we do down here. But that gave you sort of this, you know, this, this amazing access to not only the athletes, but the trainers. And then did you start and what was the, what's the head nutritionist uh, name again from the 49ers? The guy who works there now is Jordan. And okay. the guy who was working there at the time was named Dave. Okay. Now, did you develop it initially with Dave or did, when did you like, like get essentially the trainer that ultimately helped you in this idea of like, Hey, the best trainers in the world and create this with them. When did that, when did that actually occur? So the, the first guy I went to was Dave because Dave was the one that I had the relationship with. He was at the 49ers when I was in middle school. Hmm. And later on in high school, when I wanted to learn how to lift, I went to him. Yeah, yeah. And so he introduced me to a whole lot of uh, the products and ultimately showed me, right, what the guys on the team were taking. And that's why I was fortunate enough to see like, okay, I have never heard of any of these products. These are completely different than what I'm buying as a consumer. Yeah. At when does the spark happen? That's <laughs> like, um, what got you to get to it? And then did you guys formulate it together now? Like, what was just that yeah. initial process to even figure out how to do it? Yeah, so I guess, that, I guess that's a couple of questions. Like, I'll answer the second one first, which is like, what did we actually do with the, the formulation? Um, I had a, a pretty good idea of what sort of products I wanted to start with, which of course was not a well-informed opinion, but an opinion nonetheless. And I went to Dave first because he was the guy I knew. And he was smart enough to suggest that we bring in some other folks. And so we put together a little bit of a group, you know, sort of our, our peers, folks from a variety of backgrounds, um, folks from the Celtics, folks from uh, the Dodgers, from uh, San Jose Sharks. We tried, tried to get a variety of opinions input under the products at that time. But Dave was the, Dave was the first one because that was the one I had the, the closest relationship with. So you're trying to tell me at this point you're 17. No, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm, I'm 18 okay. at that okay. point. Okay, so at this at point, point, you're 18, and now you're surrounded with, like, some of the most elite uh, trainers in the world formulating essentially the a perfect protein, as you would eventually go on to call it, with this group for recovery is basically what the vision was initially. Yeah, and, and that, I think, maybe is a better way to answer your first question, which is, like, when was there a spark because I'm, I'm not sure that there was like an aha moment for me so much as it was a bit of a slow build, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a, a build in my commitment too, as well, in terms of like how much just even basically like how much time did I see myself making mm -hmm. with this? Because did you always want to start a company? Yes. Right. So you were going to school, to go to college, yeah, but I didn't, know, I didn't know what that meant. Right. Yeah, right. Right. But right. I'm, but I'm saying like, even at a high school when it's like you were applying to college, like it was, I'm going to go get a business degree. Like what was the vision of like what you would do if you didn't start this company from a, from an educational standpoint? <laughs> the vision was like, I needed to go to Stanford or an Ivy league. And then I needed to go work in venture or a startup. And then I wanted to go to, you know, HBS or GSB at some point, you know, if the timing made sense, to if I got into one of those schools. To be in private equity was your, your initial goal rather than no, be an operator. I mean, I wasn't sure, yeah. but I thought I wanted to be an operator because people had just told me, honestly, people had told me for a long time that they thought I would enjoy that more. Yeah. And I thought that the opportunity to be, you know, more of an investor work in sort of a PE setting would still be there later in life. And, you know, like the best experience, obviously, for it is to actually run a company. Yeah. And look, I, I think it's there's a lot of technical language in here, right? But it's really this idea that, you know, your father was in venture and PE and like you... 
uh, knew you wanted to be a part of it, there's this sort of traditional path that takes you on on the journey to that. Then then it kind of splits off and there's, you know, the Goldman's, you, you know, all these different places that you can kind of end up to build your. I knew I knew I didn't want to do investment banking. That right. was about it. Right. And look, and then even even understanding that you didn't like investment banking because it ends up in this sort of middleman zone, right, where like you got to see your, your father do a ton of this different venture stuff and it's always exciting, like the different companies and, and different things and totally uh which kind of led to to the journey of like you know and even only i say it because i'm getting caught in my venture language and my private equity language but you only refer to somebody that would actually be the entrepreneur and build a company and venture in private equity as an operator you know what I mean? Like most, most people just say like, oh, I want to start my own company. You know what I mean? Like, but in yeah. the venture talk, it's, it's operator, right? So yeah, I think people say entrepreneur. As well. Yeah. And so to me, again, because I love your whole story, right? Because it really is, it, it really is this idea of, you know, you had a vision um, were able to meet and connect with people that allowed you to begin to evolve and learn and really create a, a truly premium product and now take this shot, if you will, to build this this business, right? And so at that point, it slow burned and now you were like, okay, I'm going to create this business that's that was going to be offer protein recovery drink uh, mix right and and you came up with the name of project 1 and what was the initial vision behind that i it was my first project there was no vision yeah. <laughs> behind it from the perspective of the uh, relevance man, to uh, the brand man. or the customers or what we would eventually produce or stand for. It was like, this is my first project. There will be others. That yeah. was it. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, man. And that's how it starts, because at that point, we, you know, it, again, you're a first time entrepreneur. You're not really thinking about like brand name and how does that like tie back to the value or feature or benefits of the product and how does that connect to media? And ultimately, how does this become the brand soul that this brand en encompasses, right? That didn't exist, right? No, you, you're just thinking about the problem right in front of you. Yeah. And so when in in the process did you eventually make it down here to the penthouse and the deer deck machine? You actually sort of built up to it well, because it was sort of a slow build of like, I sort of had this like, you know, little idea I was working on around like, I think there's some opportunity to be found in, you know, building, uh, building products with Dave and these guys and, and selling them online. I'm seeing all these really successful exits. Like it was like right at the time when Dollar Shave Club like blew up. And that was the first one where like they had a great multiple on it. It was like one, what, what? I don't remember what it was, but it was generous, right? And especially yeah. not generous anymore, but like especially generous at the time for a CPG company. Right. And everybody was like, oh, it's just because it's direct to consumer. They've got it. Like there was all these things about it that just made it like, oh, like this is the way to do these types of companies now. And all the other brands I knew were you know, doing it the old school way. But, but anyways, at that time, like early in the summer, it's like, okay, I, I, I've got this idea. And then the next step was like, you know, I think I'll take a gap year after high school and, and I'll get a year to work on it. Right. And I'll have this great experience. And then at the end of the year, I'll decide what to do with it, if anything, right. Like to keep going or not. And then, um, my dad made the mistake of giving me a very small loan to start working on it, which was, of course, not enough <laughs> oh, to man. actually do anything. But like yeah. that was his first mistake. Yeah, it was like he actually gave me some small amount of yeah, resources man. to where it's like, I think we'll be able to like make a product. Right. right? Because make no, <laughs> make no mistake. Like at this point, you have committed to going to Harvard after the gap year. Yes. Right. And he yeah. was all about it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, let's let's just take a gap year. So but he. Yeah, great. Yeah. You know, have <laughs> no for him. I think it was just like, this is great. Like he's never going to be able to take a year off again, like in his yeah. life. Like I think he just had this vision of like he'll, you know, he'll work on this a little bit and hopefully he'll goof off a little bit and then and then focus at school because yeah. he'll have taken a break. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> look, complete, I love the idea that the biggest mistake he ever made was giving you a small loan. Like he's just to this day like what was what so, so we'll get to that so then 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 now then this is about the time uh that you developed it and 
and brought it here to see if if I would be interested in in partnering with you. Yes. And that was right at the time where there was sort of enough to talk about the company, right? Where I'd like, I'd, I'd really been thinking about it enough to where I could sit down with somebody like you and, and present it credibly. And, you know, unless you were really an expert on the category, like you might, you probably wouldn't have a strong opinion on whether or not the business concept would work. But, um, yeah, we had, we had basically a concept for a product and how we were going to sell it. Um, but, but no sort of plan really for how to do that. And, that was sort of an inflection point, I guess, in some ways in talking to you because you just got me excited in a lot of ways and and got me thinking about, you know, questions that I hadn't thought of before. Yeah. But they were all brand based. Right? Yeah. For the most, for the most part, but, but still they were yeah. questions that like I hadn't, that I hadn't come up with on my own about the business. Yeah. And that's still something that like gets me really excited talking to you these days or, or talking to anyone else, right? Like it's yeah. so rare, I feel like, especially now that somebody will ask me something about the business that I feel like I haven't thought of. Yeah. Let me give you some context to, you know, for me, it was like, you know, we just launched a machine. We're just, you know, really, it's kind of, you know, we're building some stuff from, from total scratch, taking existing stuff at that time, you know, outstanding foods we developed when it was you know, fresh soul, mm. you know, and it was the white space bacon chip really, really resonated to me. Like, you know, even from the very first meeting and how you presented and talked to it, it, it felt like you were 40. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it, it's never not, you've never not been measured, articulate, clear, concise. When you don't, when, when something is asked of you, you take a second to literally go through every possible answer to like, you do all the math in the head and then deliver like a very concise thought each and every time, which I think is rare for somebody that would be so young. That's like, you know, I see this opportunity and, and this is how the journey that I went on and it's like cleaner, better. But what connected, right, is this idea of there just wasn't a the Ferrari of supplements, if you will, yeah. at the time, right? Yeah, that's and, really what we honed in on. Yeah, at the time. and 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 I think like that then, you know, you know, connected with me on like the brand side of like, oh, like no, it's like the pinnacle. It's like you know, it is what it is, and I didn't contemplate it back then. Right. I didn't contemplate founder market fit. I didn't contemplate that a business, you know, is really made up of seven core capabilities of brand, product, media, marketing, sales, operations, and finance bound by leadership that understands it all. Back then it was like, does he have the do or dire spirit? Does he have what it actually takes to like burn through the fire to create a, a business and be a true entrepreneur? And I think that was super clear from the very jump to me. And then it's like, you know, to me, it was like I was there to help create the brand and you had other people help you evolve the business side, right? Like I hadn't really thought about the idea, even in that stage when we were building of like how important just experience was altogether. Because totally. like all businesses, almost all of them from that vintage of that 2016 era, uh, you know, it's the whiskey brand with bad founder market fit. It's a luxury brand with no founder market fit. It's like, you know, even even Billy G and Outstanding Foods uh, who made a great pivot that, you know, that are at, you know, a hundred million dollar valuation today still he had to go through a pretty significant fire because he had never built a CPG goods company before, but he was at, at least built a bunch of different companies. So his founder market fit curve wasn't, wasn't nearly as, as hardcore, but again, yeah, yeah, it's a spectrum for sure. And one thing was certain was when we started to go through the process to build the brand and reshape the brand to connect all this, your capabilities, who you were and how you operated was clear to me that you were a natural born entrepreneur and that like you were going to win no matter what. Right. And in that process though, and, and keep in mind, like we had kind of did the deal and we were kind of moving and then it was moving product to order. Right. We were moving product. You got in that last second. I had to call you. I don't know if you remember this. Like it was like a panic call of like, you can't order the, we got to redo the brand. Like we got it. We got to stop everything and like do. And it was like this. It was like in December, like you were ordering the product. I don't know if you remember this specifically. I can, uh, I'm not sure if I do. 
And maybe maybe I'm over dramatizing it in my <laughs> maybe you guys are like no problem like but I'm like this like we can't go we can't go but it, we then started on the journey we hired Nikki and Firecode to 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 develop the brand sold together and that's when we really began to work to try to really evolve in what what the brand could be and to me, it was an amazing experience, you know, like I thought it again showed like how wise you were beyond your years because there was, there's a lot of decision making and you would get all that information then ultimately, okay, let's go this direction. Cause even choosing the name and committing once and for all to momentous, right? Because momentous is you know, now, you know, even better now, because if the goal is ultimately create this platform of the absolute best supplements, right. And it, this idea of momentous is the pinnacle of, of these supplements, but pinnacle of, you know, even I was, I was looking at some of the older stuff where it's like being the best version of yourself to ultimately be happy with some of the ethos of the original brand. But yeah, some of that's still here for sure. Yeah. And, it, but it's that idea that like, and, and we came to a crossroads there where you just said, nope, because in that process, so much information is put in on what the idea could be and momentous is what it is. Let's just move. Right. Which was showed the decisiveness of like you did enough calculation and, and calculated what it what it was doing to the timeline and everything and made that call to get there. And it ended up in, you know, to me to be the ultimate perfect call because it still represents that core of the brand that ultimately is creating the best of the best. And there's this, you know, amazing sort of customer loyalty that goes along with how committed you have been to creating the absolute very best product, right? Because, you know, uh, it doesn't matter when you begin to understand the ethos of how committed the science and and the sourcing and every last aspect of the product, then that's it. I don't have to ever worry again on how much work the company put into making sure that these products are at the highest level, right? Like that, what I think is when you build the right brand concept and sort of core value of the product and then connect it back. Both of those connected lays the ultimate foundation. And that's, that's really what happened in that process. Right. And again, that beautiful M logo, I don't know if you remember, it was like, it was some, that call I do remember, you know what I mean? Like it was in this sort of ethos and I'm like, man, I think, you know, it had that same logo, but it had like the circle on it and had something. I'm like, I think like just this M is amazing. And I believe I cut and pasted it out and did like a illustrator for like emailed it to you. I think this is it. I, I, I believe that was the process. Yeah. I, I, I always feel like I have no data to confirm this, but I've always felt like that everyone who's worked with you must have had those moments where I, I, I remember what you said verbatim because I remember you being on the phone and you're like, some, especially when you know you've got something good, you do this thing where you like, you sort of just, you sort of like you whisper and you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm going into Illustrator. <laughs> oh, and, and that's where the logo came from. No, the logo so came real. From, from that call. And he's like, I'm going into Illustrator. That's going right. into oh, Illustrator. Man, it's so real. It's and, not like, and I'm on the other line like, what is Illustrator? Like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> man, it is so absolutely real. And and the funniest thing too, the, the logo is so perfect, timeless, and flawless that because I, I went into Illustrator and cleaned off the the stuff around it to be like just these two corners of the M to, that make the pinnacle, right? And I'm like, we got somebody got to like search this because there's no way that this isn't a logo for another business. Like this thing looks like extraordinary. So that development side of it was an extraordinary process and, and ultimately created the amazing brand that it continues to be today. But what happens next is now it's time to bring this thing to, to market, right? And this is where the depth and the challenges that happen to being a first-time entrepreneur come in at the highest level, right? Because now you've never, you know, brought anything to market. You're also in this gap year, right? Of like, am I going to 
keep like, doing it. Yeah, I like yo, yeah, like sort of and thing. so yeah. so now you're yeah. you're trying to piece all of this stuff together. And then it's like, oh, I got to hire. Now you're trying to hire almost like a team that would run it without you. And so before, you know, in learning and and, and every sort of aspect, and it really at that point, I would say a lot of people were sort of in place, but you were still the vision driving the ship. And now we came to that crossroad of like, are you going to school now? And I feel bad about this, right, to this Uh-oh. day, right? Because I always was like, through this year, I'm like, this guy does not need to go to school. Okay, this guy is too smart. He understands, like, he is a true entrepreneur. Like, he is going to learn everything in this process and be able to build companies for his whole life. I feel like I, I stepped over. You know what I mean? I feel like I was a bad influence on you. You know what I mean? Like, because I was like, I don't, you know, I would just hit you. But I don't think you need to go. Let's go, hey, whatever. Quickly just run through the decision-making process of whether and why and what you went through to decide whether or not you were going to go to school. Well, I, I think it, it actually starts with partnering up with you in some respects and 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 not to say that it had to do with some comment that you made actually about like whether or not I needed some other sort of education it was actually that like again uh, sort of partnering up with you was really an inflection point in the business and that up until that point it had been me with guidance from my father and my former track coach yep. who I hired because I liked working with him Right. And he was helping me, you know, make this product, basically. And we got to this sort of point where basically I had to decide, you know, what kind of what are you going to do here? Like, do you just want to do this on your gap year and, you know, sort of have an experience doing it, have it be sort of this fun side project that you do this year? Or do you want to take it seriously? Because if you want to go and order each of these products and bring them to market and do all these things that you're talking about, you're going to have to get some capital. And I wasn't going to get all of that from my dad, obviously. He wasn't going to put up all of that. And so I had to take somebody else's money. And that was a big decision point because I, I guess the way he put it was like, you know, and I don't, I don't know that he said this in so many words or that I just like felt it, but it was like, if you're going to take, it's like one thing, if you're just going to like do it with your dad, it's another thing if you're going to take somebody else's money. Yeah. And to me, like taking somebody else's money and particularly taking yours yeah. was like, <laughs> like I'm not, it was basically like, I'm not backing out. It was like, do you want to jump off the cliff or not? Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. Cause I never quite looked at myself as that sort of moment in time, right? I kind of look, I just never, I never really didn't super interesting to look at, but it is the truth. You know, I think that a lot of people, like when they go and raise money from people, they look at, they're getting young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs think they're getting money from somebody because somebody just loves their idea and their dream as opposed to giving. They want to make money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. no, it is a, they're trying, they think there's an opportunity to make a return on their money. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the. One of the one of the lessons for young entrepreneurs who think, oh, I just got to go raise some money for this. Like, no, you ultimately are responsible now uh, for the stewardship of this capital that you have taken on. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that as a thought because it is something that because of who you were around and and that made that clear to you. It, it's a much different perspective than if it was like, let's just, let's make the best protein we can make, you know what I mean, type of mentality. Yeah. But again, we get to a crossroads because now it's like, it's making me, not only is it now I'm forcing you to go real, but then along the way, I'm like, look, you don't even need to go to school. I didn't even go to high school. Look, I didn't even finish high school. Look where I'm at, right? Like just the worst influence, man, on poor Marks, poor son, man. So now you, you, actually decide to go to school. Yeah. You made the decision that like, hey, this is amazing. This thing, I can do both. Right. Well, really? I, well, 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 like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, let me just start there, I guess. Like, I, I didn't really decide that I could do both. The vision at the time, or the expectation rather, was that I would try to hire a CEO. And so I would be on the board and I'd sort of do as much as I could, but that it couldn't be my full-time job. I, I didn't have the time or the, or the qualifications, but really mostly I didn't have the time 
to be the CEO. And so we actually went through a process, yep. like a six month, uh, still, still the most tiring hiring process I've been through actually <laughs> yeah. all these years later to find and hire a CEO for the business. And two months into the job, he leaves. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into why <laughs> some unfortunate personal circumstances for yeah. him, but um, that le basically left me with a product that like, we were like basically in the act of like hitting the launch button, if you will. And he's just like, all right, peace. Yeah. And it's pretty much this time, like mid-March of my first year through school. And, you know, it was a while before I guess my dad and I really talked about it. But really it was like, to me, it was like, okay, the options are shut it down, find another CEO, or do it yourself. Mm. And that's why I started with the bit about taking other people's money, because that was the first sort of, you know, that was the first stone, if you will, was like, uh, okay, I'm not going to quit. I can't quit. I can't say, Hey, you know, uh, sorry, I lost all your money. Um, I had something else I decided I wanted <laughs> yeah. to do or like, <laughs> Look, I, had like to get to college. I, I had to go like, I had these frat parties yeah. that seemed really appealing to me like that. That but, was, but that was just also, not an option. But, right but away. Hey, the, also the reality of it is, is you built an amazing brand, right? Like the business in the, in the brand itself was extraordinary, right? Like that's another thing to me, like, and I don't know if it weighed it, on it, you. It wasn't, it wasn't about that at the time, yeah. right? It wasn't like I was looking at it and saying like, man, this is like, this is like a billion dollar company. Like I'm leaving so much on the table to me. It, it's so maybe it's like more a less exciting, honestly, explanation than that. But it was yeah. more like, this is my first project. The most important thing is that I come out of this and other people want to back me for my next one. Right? Yeah. Like the most important thing is that I make this a success so that the next ones can be successful. Right. And so that that was really the criteria for me was not so much that I was looking at this and being like, oh my God, I'm leaving so much on the table. It was like, I can't let this fail. Yeah, I cannot possibly let this fail. I'm not going to let this fail. I'm not going to let those people down. I really, really want to, I really want to make it succeed, really. And I guess the last nail in the coffin was that I felt like if I got to the end of my four years at school and had the same opportunity to build the same type of company or any type of company and and with, you know, th these types of investors and partners that I would have been really excited. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of felt like that was a great, great outcome. Already. Yeah. Hey, look, and, and for me, it was, you know, I felt like I was a bad influence. <laughs> when you decided to go back to school, I felt like, oh, thank God. Like, it's <laughs> not my, it can't be put back on me. Right. But then... You know, but then as the company, you know, the new CEO and trying to like kind of bring to life, like the energy behind what, what was created and what the potential was, yeah, it just kind of lost it. It was lost without you like putting in that energy and effort the entire time. Right. Because no matter what that energy and vision is what's needed for startups to truly to be successful. Right. And, and again, as soon as you got back in there, it like, it was all, you know, the energy of everything was, was alive again, because, you know, you know, if you want to build a successful company, it is not a binary thing where like you make a plan and then the plan works and then you go for it. it is this relentless growth and evolution and learning and trial and error and things not working and hiring and firing like it is this insane sort of path that I think people don't that they often like especially someone that's a first time entrepreneur you never contemplate how much actually you don't know because it's not even possible until you experience how many things and decisions and and things that have to be thought of you know and and your as someone that really was forced to learn every single aspect of a business in real time as it was happening what would be your advice at at this point to someone that is is really young and starting their first company, you know, in, in that 18 to 19 year old range, what would you tell them to do? I think that I'd, I'd start by trying to understand what their goals were, because I think sometimes people make the mistake of, I, I don't know how, how you'll perceive this, but I, I think that people 
feel like starting a company and particularly young people who are starting companies are really ambitious to be doing it at that age. And so they're oftentimes have this vision of a total moonshot, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's got to be some sort of, we're going to build the next Facebook, we're going to build the next Google, whatever that is. And I think taking moonshots is great, especially if you've got the capacity to do that at 18 or 19. But I think I think the difference for me is that like, I think you should view just starting a company as the moonshot rather than looking at the company and being like, it's got to be a $10 billion runaway success for it to be a moonshot. Just like the chances that you start a company and it has any sort of successful outcome are so slim, right? It's a thousand to one. That's the moonshot already. So once you're there, once you're like at, I want to start a company already, just focus on how do I get to a win? How do I, how do I make myself successful? How do I increase the odds of being successful? Don't worry about getting caught up in like what you see other people around you creating that's going to seem, it's, I'm like, it's going to seem so much more impressive, right? It's so easy, especially when like you don't have any credentials or like much to show for what you're working on. It's really easy to feel like you have to just compensate for that somehow with with some sort of really spectacular vision. And and I don't think that's necessarily right. Like I said, I think that the moonshot is just starting the company in the first place and, and trying to create a, a success. Yeah. And, and look, I one, one of the things that I think is very clear to me, right, if I was to, to look of what could have accelerated a lot of the aspects of the learning mm-hmm. and it and it would have just been setting somebody right next to you that had great founder market fit experience, right? Or just great market experience. Like, you know, somebody that had already been through any aspect of the business whatsoever. Look, 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 I'm I'm talking like, (laughs) well, anything, anything would be better than nothing. I mean, I I mean, I I mean, cause (laughs) you know, you can look back in hindsight you didn't have one person around you that actually had ever even been in the industry and built even any company. Everybody that supported you was, was kind of learning that industry as they went. Right. So if there would have just been one big body, almost like if, you know, Chris Hickey, right. Like from the start. Yeah. yeah, Great example. You know what I mean? Like where, you know, and, and Chris Hickey, you know, he was the, uh, had built some other supplement brands and been a uh, CEO of some other supplement businesses. If he was there from the start, then now your ability to absorb and be decisive would have given you a much a more accelerated path to a lot of things because he would help you be like, oh, you don't even want to go here. You got to think about this. It's like that sort of aspect. And, and, and I equate that even when I look at businesses we build today, like if we have a, you know, a super great, if we don't have great uh, founder market fit, or if we have, you know, a great creative or product person, like still putting the operator that has the, the deep experience on operating in that industry alongside them mm-hmm. makes it more effortless, right? Even though, you know, I think for the way that I look at business and, and young entrepreneurs and specifically, I still still would have looked at what you actually had was an extraordinary advantage in the marketplace because you you saw the opportunity and then you had access to all these elite pro athlete trainers and the pro athlete universe to create this amazing authentic anchor and if if you just had that number two or like someone that was developing it it would have changed everything you know what i mean and in the sense of like how we've evolved and how I've evolved and learned so much through the process. And then, like I said, you know, back then I was like, here's how the brand and the brand story and all this stuff. And like, you know, you guys, you know, got the finance stuff covered and, and really now in this evolution through this time of really understanding that it's how product and brand actually need to connect to your owned media that is used for your marketing that generates your sales, right? And how important all of that tying back to the operational and financial stability of the business actually creates a multi-dimensional successful business where back then it was still just brand and business, you know? So, you know, I think it is to this day now as someone that, that, is constantly evolving and learning, 
but to see how far that you have come and learned uh, since you chose to run this business versus go to college, what would you say now to somebody that's sitting on the same same zone of like, should I go to school? Because it's a great debate, right? It's like become an entrepreneur and build a company or go to school. Now that you have lived through it and now you're bona fide real deal CEO who now has deep experience and could really go on and build like anything almost – what is your thoughts on the age-old question of go to college or build a company through your experience? Uh, there's no blanket answer for sure. I, th- I think it's entirely individual and it's just about like what are your opportunity costs? I think, you know, for the vast majority of kids, I think college is still a great option because what, what else are you going to do, right? Yep. You don't have some way of using your time more productively during those four years, for the vast majority of kids. And, you know, for myself at the time, I think it was, you know, it worked out, but I think you could argue that it was sort of a borderline call. Yeah. And, and honestly, this was how I thought about it at the time was that this could be a great experience. This could be something where, um, you know, I stick with this for seven more years and I have a great outcome, but it could also be dead next year. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and I genuinely thought <laughs> yeah, no, like at the yeah. time, I, I sort of thought about it about probably 50, 50. Yeah. Um, especially given where the business was at that time with like all that had gone on with leadership transitions in the, the previous six months, I thought sort of realistically, it's like, well, it's probably 50-50 yeah. that, you know, this is a job that exists for me this time next year. And if it if I had blown it up, then, you know, I probably would have gone back to school. Yeah, yeah. And so now that's it. That's it. Destiny has been decided. A little bit, yeah. I I might have been a bad influence early on, but but Destiny decided as fate would have it, so I can't actually take the hit. Now, is Mark, no, do you think you, your father is is uh still wishes you would go back? Look, my mom. Yeah. You know, I'm an adult man. My mom asked me like 6 years ago, do I have enough money saved to go to college? You know, my mom, <laughs> you know like my mom is still, look, you're t- look, I am a wealthy adult man. And my mom is still like, just in case, I hope you have enough money to go back to college. I don't know what she thinks I would get an education in, but do you think you're, that, that your parents ever think about you going back to college? Yes, I'm sure they do. They do, All the time. Man. I'm oh, sure they do. Man. Well, you know, I think that they're, to their credit, they worry about me being happy. And they worry about me missing out or regretting not having that experience because I truly I'm envious in some ways, not not like envious at the end of the day to that, that I have any regret on my decision. But like I see that other kids have fun at school. Yeah. Like it looks fun. <laughs> right. But like when I was there, like I had no time to go out to parties. Like I had no social life. Like I was yeah. literally like I was in class doing homework, doing momentous in the gym, but that was pretty much it, right? Yeah. Like I didn't have any, it wasn't a fun experience for me. And so I, I didn't feel like I was leaving as much of that, but yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun when I see other kids <laughs> talk yeah. about it. Well, let me say, <laughs> look, I, you know, I feel as I'm, I'm like uh, uncle Rob, you know, so yeah, I'm extraordinarily proud of what you've been able to accomplish, how you've evolved the business, how you've grown the product line and ultimately set the stage for the future of this business over these last few years. And, and uh, very thankful that I got to go through the process with you. And it, it's been an amazing journey. And I look forward to the entire journey of Momentous and then uh, doing something again together in the future uh, under this evolved, deep, hardened, clear lessons that we have both learned uh, throughout the, the five to 10 years that we will have known each other. I, I have no doubt we'll do other ones together. I know you'll be one of the first ones I talk to about the next one. Um, and, and I hope someday Coda will talk to me about some of his ideas. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, his last, his first idea was a skateboard company. I got an idea. I want to do a skateboard company. I said, son. I I'm, tried that. It's yeah. more complicated than you think. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think so. Then he said water bottle company. And I'm, how are you going to make a difference, son? We got we to gotta put a value prop in there. And he's like, I'm going to put chickens on it. I'm like, there you go, son. So, so perhaps maybe you and Coda build a business together one day. I love the way you describe that because it reminds me a little bit of like 
my own father's like perspective probably on on the business four years ago because yeah. I like he's a VC, right? So like I I pitched him stupid ideas all the time. Yeah. And mostly he was like, that won't work because of X, right? And you're like, oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're right. But this one I think just struck him as like, okay, it's simple enough that like there's a chance he won't fuck this up, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's not some sort of technology <laughs> that he's not yeah. qualified to create. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to demean the business in in, in any way, right? Yeah, Rather yeah. than just to say that like, yeah, he I think there was something to that idea of something uh, something tangible being like a really great and and honestly, I really have valued that experience yeah, yeah. in the business and you know maybe the next one won't be a company like that necessarily but i've really enjoyed having a, a physical product to sell oh i mean i look i love man i still you know when we chose to create the form factor of the bottle being vertical and cylinder instead like seeing that for the first time it, it it's the greatest part about consumer products that you hold like the box for the first time of like this i like the red on the inside it's like ah. <laughs> like it it is i never get sick of it like every time you see even when you see the first sample when you taste the first like it's just and then like the final it's like what then when it's in market and somebody buys it for the first time we it's like, what? You know, when we lo just launched Mind Right, he's like, we already got 30 sales this morning. I felt like I won the lottery. It was like, <laughs> we we did 30 people bought this. What? <laughs> um, you know, again, why I love it so much and I will do it over and over and over again. And again, just thankful to be partners with you and, and look forward to the future. Thanks Likewise. For, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. If you think you have what it takes to be a doer dyer and partner with me to build an amazing company, or if you want to join our growing community of machinists to be the first to test our new products and help us manufacture amazing, go to DeerDeckMachine.com. If you haven't listened to the Deerdick Machine Primer, I encourage you to go back to episode one, which gives you insight into our machine method to really enhance your experience of the rest of the episodes. Make sure you subscribe to Build With Rob wherever you join us. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you get your podcasts and videos. And most importantly, I can't say it enough. You got to put a vision to whatever you want to achieve. You've got to build a plan so that you think it's even possible. Then you have to give it everything you've got. See it, believe it, do it. We'll see you next time on Build With Rob.